Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to start talking about what does it mean to be human? How are we human? I don't know. We're still figuring it out. We're figuring a lot of things out. I'm Craig. <laughs> and I'm Carla. And we're trying to understand being human from the perspective, perspective of God's story in the Bible. It's more than just being a species like Homo sapiens. We think it's about community, about relationships, and about welcoming. We're figuring it out, still. So, join us as we do. Because we're not holier than you. Oh, I didn't want that to rhyme. Welcome back to the Not Holier Than You podcast. I'm Carla. And I'm Craig. And as we always say, we are not holier than you. We have been thinking about the image of God and how the image of God is present in each human being. Uh, We've even talked about how God's image is uh, present in creation in the past uh, 10 episodes. That was when we had Dr. Tom Ord on. We've talked about the light of Christ and how this inner light is there in each person and how we can seek to, to look at each person knowing that they have the light of this light or that they have the image of God and that we can treat them respectfully and kindly and lovingly. And I think the Quakers, when we talked to them, they also mentioned that the phrase was that of God, that, you know, there was that of God in the other person. Yes. I thought that was kind of a a neat phrase. Yes. And yet, um, you know, I was just saying that, you know, it's really hard. This is hard work. Even though I know it and I want to do it, I want to see God in every person. I want to honor that of God in every person. It's not easy. There's some people that just, you you get kind of (laughs) mad and you think, where is God in this person? What they're doing isn't something that God would stand for or appreciate or support <laughs> or at least and, be heartbroken by yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know i'm i'm finding that this is not easy work to do um so yeah that's just kind of what i was thinking so i was i, I just i just finished a book that uh, i was reading it's part of the required curriculum for a course i'll be teaching over the summer and the book is called The Other Wes Moore. Now, I've heard Wes Moore's name go by once in a while. He's been a commentator on some news shows. Um, he has a background in foreign policy. And <clears throat> and I can't remember what, what all he, he does. But, in fact, just earlier this week, I heard him on uh, CNN. So, I mean, it's a, it, he was a somewhat familiar name. But it was, he wrote a book called The Other West Moore. And it was a really intriguing memoir because it was about his growing up and the things he went through, the things he experienced growing up in inner city Baltimore, um, the the death of his father that led to him being raised by a, a single mom. 
And and that experience of growing up African-American is of Jamaican descent, growing up African-American in, in Baltimore. And later on in life, he was in, I think, in graduate school. He might also have been serving in uh, Afghanistan at the time. I can't remember which what part of his life this happened, but his mother let him know that somebody with his name had been arrested for a crime in Baltimore. <clears throat> and it just stuck with him that somebody with his name ended up in a very different spot. And it was curious enough to him because he went, well, this is somebody from Baltimore. Huh, I wonder what this other Westmore is like. So he found out that Westmore, yes, he was from Baltimore. He too was African-American. He too was raised by a single mother. And the similarities went even further because not only did they have the same name and same with those, those same other bits and pieces, they actually lived on the same street. Oh my goodness. Uh, they didn't live, they, they didn't seem to have the same uh, people they hung out with or the, those kinds of things. But in, in the beginning of, of, of Westmore's story and at the end of his story, he writes this, and th this is from the epilogue, this quote. He says, as I wrote at the outset of this book, the chilling truth is that Wes's story could have been mine. The tragedy is that my story could have been his. My only wish, and I now know Wes feels the same, is that the boys and girls who come up after us will know freedom. So I guess I didn't go into the depth. Wes, the other Wes Moore is in jail with a life uh, with a life sentence for being a part of a, a robbery where in which a police officer was killed. Oh my! And he's saying these his he he feels incredibly drawn to this person who is nothing like him, mm -hmm. but incredibly like him. Right. And so the Westmore who wrote the story uh, is a Rhodes Scholar. He did an internship with Condoleezza Rice. He worked for the Obama administration. He volunteered to join the 82nd Airborne and go to Afghanistan. Um, and, I mean, he he's done all these things that, you know, regardless of how we feel about the military, it's still this, it's this he leans towards serving others, and he's brilliant. But somebody with his exact same name in very similar external situations mm -hmm. grew up, failed out of school, um, led a life of crime and eventually got him put away in prison for life. Mm -hmm. It's like, so I'm thinking about how you're saying it's hard to see the image of God in another person. Yes. And, and it's in, and, and somewhere in this book, it's either Westmore or Tavis Smiley who has a, who, who writes a afterward comments on how prevenient grace is there this this incredibly gracious God and is drawing us together and 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 I think that was the way he was trying to say I think Tavis Smiley was trying to say these two people who are so different on the outsides God is bringing them together and then by extension is God bringing us together with people who are radically different than us as well we may not share the same name or live on the same street, but we have a lot of externals in common. You know, we have other things we might find common, common ground with. But that was how I thought that was an interesting way to think about God's grace. 
um, with some of those commonalities. Yeah, that is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, an interesting thing to think about. I, I think about sometimes students who are going through a hard time, and sometimes I know that maybe it's because they're, their parents recently divorced, and I can think back, oh, yeah, I understand that. I've been through that and tried to offer um, a listening ear and, and hopefully something hopeful to a young person. Um, but, yeah, there's that bringing, being brought together because of something in common. Sometimes it's harder, though, for me to feel like there's something in common when that person is like Wes Moore finding someone who's so completely opposite. Um, and it doesn't even have to be um, with the things that we've done, but just even the way that we think or yeah. live out our lives. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that he found, he wasn't so much opposite as incredibly different. Mm. And, and I wonder sometimes, is that, is the difference between those two words, opposite versus different, is that a matter of, you know, is it a matter of perspective? So Wes Moore got to know the other Wes Moore because he went and visited him in jail as he was writing this book. That's how I got to know the other Wes Moore's story. And it's interesting. It, they, they knew they were never going to be like best friends. Uh -huh. uh, they weren't going to like hang out with each other because, mm -hmm. you know, they're one's in jail. Um, but it was almost at least a very respectful understanding. And I'm wondering is, is sometimes, is that all we can have? Respectful understanding. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to, you know, if mm, yeah. maybe we're not all going to get along, but that doesn't mean we all have to be antagonizing either. Antagonizing each other. Yeah, that's kind of what I said to a student today who's who's been struggling with relationships. And I said, oh, all I'm asking is that, you know, you're sitting next to this person and that, you know, that you are respectful to them, that you, you don't have to be friends with them, but that you're kind and, and nice and respectful. And if something happens, let me know right away so we can deal with it. <laughs> that just sounds very familiar right now. So, so I wonder sometimes when trying to acknowledge the image of God in others and trying to think about what does that, what does the result look like? Yeah. You know, it, it do we have, um, do we have some idealized version that it means we're just going to be happy in each other's presence and we're going to be creating some wonderful new future together and working on projects that, you know, make a difference in people's lives. Or maybe we're just not going to get in each other's way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if sometimes we, we do we, sure, it'd be, ha it'd be wonderful to have a, it would be great to have a beautiful and healing future where we're doing wonderful things together. But maybe that's, a ways down the road. You mean in building a relationship? With yeah, one another? building a relationship or what to expect out of that relationship. Um, I'm just thinking of some of the people who are so incredibly different. 
than us, than the people we know. And, you know, and there's all kinds of ways you could describe their characteristics, All, but all I'd say is they're just people who don't seem to exhibit a fundamental motivation that's the same as we try to exhibit in our lives. And I, but then I think maybe I'm not looking at the right thing. I'm not seeing it correctly. And maybe the fundamental motivation of somebody who I completely don't get and I completely think they're wrong and I think they're irritating, maybe their fundamental motivations are really pretty much the same. Maybe they're motivated by fear and they're, and they're just trying to hold on to what they have and what they know. You know, maybe they're motivated by a sense of loyalty, which can be can be blind loyalty and can be uh, destructive, but it also a sense of, you know, you you do what you say and you stand by people without wavering. I mean, there's there's positive things to that, and and sometimes I wonder if maybe at a really deep level there is some real connection. Mm. Um, I don't know. Well, I was thinking a little bit about uh, how I'm currently teaching about the Civil War and things that uh, it came about. And um, today I'm talking with another teacher. And I didn't really, I have, I have a little struggle, but this whole thing is going on now here in our state with critical race theory and the legislature trying to shut down the teaching of the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure I know what they mean, but it almost makes it seem like, well, does that mean we can't say that the Civil War was based on the fact that there were enslaved people and people wanted to keep them enslaved and other people wanted them to be free? Mm, I'm learning some things, but anyway, um, what I've had to try to do, and this is really hard, is while I'm trying to say to my students, yes, there were states' rights involved, and yes, if you want to call that a way of life, we still know that the South wanted to keep people enslaved, and they wanted to spread enslavement across the nation so that new states could decide. And that the North, there were people in the North who wanted to free the, who wanted to abolish slavery and some people who just wanted to hold the union together, namely Abraham Lincoln. But um, <clears throat> what I've tried to do, because this person today was saying, well, it says white settlers, and, well, that's going to offend people who maybe are white and of European descent, and it'll make them feel bad. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, calm down here, Carla. Um, but what I've tried to do in my classroom is say, well, maybe we can also think of how it was like to be in the South, to have these armies marching in and taking over your land and in feeling invaded and feeling vulnerable in that way. So trying to, even though it's really, really hard and trying to think of what people in the South may have been feeling as as the Union Army came to bring them back into the Union. So that's where I see myself having to do that kind of thing where I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone else. I'm trying to think in their place. 
and what it might have been like to try and make that connection. So it seems like when you do that, um, I mean, that certain people are more challenging than others to do that <laughs> with. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> but so what, true. I mean, what you're really trying to do is not let the other be some kind of abstract, but just a real human being exactly, and, and not dehumanize them into some opposing force, but actually understand what it means to be a human in their experience. Yeah. I, I struggle the same thing with Nazis and Hitler. Right. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, that's, that's something that I'm having to think a little bit about because of what's going on outside of my classroom in the political world. So one of the things I was thinking about today and just thinking about the different directions we've talked about with this, I mean, some of it is cultural issues, things that we find that are divisive and people that are hard to get along with, you know, some of it might just be, might just be personal issues. There are personalities, there are individuals who, whether they agree with us on issues of faith and culture or whatever, they're still irritating. <laughs> and they're hard to get along with. Um, and then there's those people who, are, who you know, maybe they, we'd be good friends, but they're just so different than us. We really don't know. Um, so today, I, you know, I was beginning to think about this next Sunday's gospel passage, which Jesus talks about. Well, there's other sheep in a different, you know, pasture or whatever flock. You know, I got to go take care of them. And, and one of the things that that got me thinking, because I was thinking about that when I read that in terms of this conversation, is all those people who then, you know, in, in John's gospel, were the outsiders. You know, those who were not part of proper Judaism. Okay. Um, you know, you got a woman at the well. All you right. got the man that born, was born blind. Once he gets healed, he gets kicked out of the synagogue. Um. You know, you have, um, let's see, I said, did I mention the woman at the well? Yes, you yeah. have the woman caught in right. adultery. And the, yeah, both of those women. <clears throat> I mean, so there's there are these outsiders that Jesus goes to. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, you know, even though, and shepherds were pretty looked down upon, and he, he talks about, I am the good shepherd, and, he, and so he's even right. bringing in that imagery <clears throat> about himself. Right, and I, I think that goes to the Ezekiel passage about shepherds who abuse their flocks and stuff. Yeah, and say, yeah. But but it, it's 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 this idea of I mean it's it's this uh, example of Jesus going to other flocks that oh, aren't that yeah. aren't like him. Oh, it's not like what some people say. There's some people on the other side of the world that you know Jesus had to go to. Oh yeah, that's how when he went to India or whatever it was, or yeah, I don't like know that. where it was. <laughs> or it also could be you know justification for a variety of other religions and everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean I've heard yeah that that yeah. passage has been interpreted a lot of different ways, but I think the very the very simplest way is just that those who are outside of our realm of like oh we understand us, you know we're of a similar mind. Mm -hmm. Well, who isn't? Well, let's go visit with them. <laughs> okay. You know, and I think I think that's what that that might be a way of seeing what Jesus was talking about going to those others who weren't of this flock or whatever. You know, he had other sheep in other fields to go go check on. He had that. He expressed that 
inner motivation to go and connect with others. And I know, partly as an introvert, that I don't want to go connect with others. <laughs> I'm just happy with the few that I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd be really happy if I could help others go connect with others. <laughs> <laughs> But I think there's something about about there's a continual motion to move the, out toward others. So you know, Westmore goes to the other Westmore. Jesus goes to the to these women and to the man kicked out of the synagogue. Who do we go to? Who do who do we go who to who's not like us, and just get to know them? I mean, we we did that for for a while at the pub. Yeah, you know, we got to know some folks we would never have otherwise met. Right. Who, you know, who live in other circles and you know other worlds. Yeah. And that was awesome. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can get back to that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's it's like, how do we make that part of our life, not just a part of like, oh, that was fun to do. And so if we're not doing that, we're doing it somewhere else. We're doing it in another manner. How do we keep doing that as a habit? Well, and that's the thing. We have to build up that habit um, and maybe find ways in which that can take place. And sometimes that might be a, a um, within an, an organization sometimes, like for those who are going to the Corpus Christi house and helping out there, that's one way that people are meeting yeah. people that are very unlike them. Um it could be um, within another voluntary opportunity, volunteer opportunity. Yeah, I think the other part of it is, you know, we can talk about the differences of people, but there are also these things that are really common. So, yeah, you're you're in a you're in a you have a job where you keep meeting new people all the time. Every year you get a new bunch. Oh, yeah. And, and you <laughs> they're don't, young. <laughs> we, yeah, but you get to know their parents too. True. And sometimes if they're siblings, you get to know their parents uh, at a deeper level because you've been with them for a few years or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, that is true. But the common thing there is the school, you know, the public education. Yeah. Um, okay. And you're not really allowed to build friendships with them. And there's kind of a professional distance. They're supposed to be. Some right. people don't always keep that. <laughs> but... At least it puts you in a position to keep uh, developing that habit to relate to others. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And to see that we have a common goal, which is the well-being and education of their child. Right. Yeah. And I and I think I get the same thing coaching. Uh huh. You know, the, there are some people like there's a couple of kids who just are just honorary as all get out, and they are just frustrating as can be i'm guessing who one of them is <laughs> but I'm, I'm teasing i'm teasing I, okay but but um because of the role i i keep working with them right you know and and the thing that we have in common is well he happens to be on the team <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's like okay well we'll keep we'll keep that that connection as tenuous as it is how do we build on that well we're a human team right rah yeah. rah let's go team <laughs> yeah. in the human race yeah. uh, yeah. okay right. human race so is the living race 
So what are the, some of the other things that I'm thinking about this whole topic? You know, we've talked about we've talked about John Calvin and anthropology. Yeah. And his idea was when we understand what human beings are, then we can begin to understand who God is. Okay. I mean, that's how he started. Right. Right. And he had some really surprisingly expansive views that just didn't seem very Calvinistic. Yeah. It's like, like, ooh, maybe John Calvin was not a good Calvinist. Maybe not. Shame um, on him. Yes, we had that. You know, we we talked with Tom. We've talked to the Quakers. You know, and we've bounced around with a bunch of different scriptures. I just wonder. You know, is what are some other areas that this idea manifests itself? You know, music, art, dance. Um, politics, drama, uh, yeah, uh, um, science, uh, yeah. psychology, human behavior. I mean, it seems in some ways this is a, a common thread that is probably really expansive um, and affects the way people, you know, create create an artistic, you know, maybe a, a, a dance or a piece of music and. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seems like there's a lot to go on. Yeah. But. I think we're, what, but what? But is there is there something else that we should pursue? Another conversation topic? Yeah. Well, that's something we can think about, and we will probably start working on that. I mean, it could be anything from bird watching. Yeah. I mean, you were looking at that. The house venture was outside there for a little it's bit. It's pretty. <laughs> so. Or dogs barking. No, we'll get something different. We'll figure something out. All right. So, for this Sunday, we will kind of consider this, who are those hard people, maybe, uh, that you need to see in a different way, that I need to see in a different way, that we need to work at relating. I, I, I can't remember if I said it in our first podcast, but I, I have, I always think of that one where I guess at the end of a yoga session, they will do something like namaste, which I understand is supposed to mean like, I, um, I think it, I thought it meant I bow to the God in you and something about the God in me or something that I thought, Oh, that's interesting. And so maybe we can, begin to integrate within ourselves in a very, um, we might need to start with it in a structured way, looking for that spark of God, that of God in one another, and even maybe recognizing it in ourselves. Sometimes we might not recognize our own spark of god you know namaste rhymes with the latin imago day oh yeah. so maybe that's how we should could uh recognize each other because <laughs> it is it would be something to create a habit of acknowledging i see god in you yeah i see the image of god in you and yeah. the god in the image of god is made stronger in relationship right um hmm. because god relates within god's self Oh, now there we could really have some fun. So you want to talk about perichoresis and uh, the Trinity? Well, maybe not this time around, but yeah, maybe we could do that next. (laughs) So, um, all right. Well, the the other thing is, 
I like what you were saying though about the namaste thing. Oh. It's like, how do we create a practice, a habit of either saying or at least to ourselves saying in our head that we see that in, an, in another person? And what would it be like if we see somebody who we really don't see it in and we begin saying it's in there somewhere? Oh, you know what it really means? It means greetings to you literally well there we go but it's also become a simple greeting to say hello i guess i'm wrong okay i like i i, I like your legend or your urban I myth do. version better so i do too all right i do too all right well i guess that's it for now we'll see what happens the next time we talk right looking forward to uh what we talk about on sunday and so I'm Craig. I'm Carla. The image of God is so strong between the two of us that we really don't even recognize one of us from the other. Yeah, there and, you go. And I'm Carla. <laughs> we are not holier than you. Talk to you later. Good night. Or bye. All right. Well, hey, thank you for uh, listening to our conversation. Not holier than you. <laughs> uh, and boy, we really like that title because I think it's true. Correct. <laughs> I thought I'd have to say it so quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I'm not holier than anybody else Oh, I thought you meant here. me. Okay. No, no, no. So, I'm talking to, about myself. Uh, so we're a couple of pastors. Yep. We pastor a small congregation of Anabaptist Mennonites here in, in Idaho. Meridian, Idaho. Meridian, Idaho. Yep. We're just learning this stuff and trying to figure it out along with you. So if you if we say something that's heretical or horrible or you think we're just wrong, that's okay. We probably we might be. We're learning as we go. Well, I don't think we're heretical in no. any way, but um, <laughs> I try a little. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, we are glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll join us again. Great. All right. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye.